Hey, 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 I have a question for you today. Do you ever feel like if you're not doing something productive, you almost feel guilty, like you should be doing something productive at all times, whether it's chasing goals, losing weight, pursuing new dreams. I mean, we all have big things that we're chasing after and sometimes it can feel weird when we don't have those things in front of us or we're not able to work towards some of our goals. So I'm talking about the plateau. The plateau can present weight loss, goals, careers. We all have experienced this space in between and it can feel really unsettling for those of us that are go-getters. And so today on the show, I have my good friend, Kim Payne. If you guys have tuned in before to the show, you have heard her. She comes on regularly to give us a motivation makeover and today she is helping us find peace in the plateau. And this is something that I know I personally struggle with. She's gonna be real with y'all. She struggles with it too. I think we all can, right? I mean, when we by nature are people that like to go after things and we like to do bigger, live bolder lives, it can feel really strange when we're not doing that. And she's here to let us know that we can find peace in the plateau. And actually, if we can get there, there's a lot that we can learn and reflect and set us up so that when the time comes for us to start crushing those goals again, we can do a better job because we found rest and restoration in that plateau. So whether you are in a plateau right now or you have one coming up, I know y'all can get so much from this conversation today. So excited to tune in. Before we do, just one last reminder that today is the last day that you can get that deal, the spring break deal on Food Foundation. So if y'all are ready to change your lives and become an empowered eater, grab it today. Use the code Spring Break. It'll be good till midnight. That'll get you guys $50 off the Food Foundation's e-course. And I cannot wait to hear what that does for you. Guys, it's just been so cool seeing so many of you start to take that journey and if you're someone that's like on the fence about it today's a good day to grab it because that deal ends at midnight all right let's go ahead and dive into talking about how we can make peace in the plateau what's up food friends welcome back to the show i'm your host jazz and if you're new here i'm so happy you are here i am a body bully warrior food freedom guru nutrition nerd with a capital rd get it for registered dietitian (laughs) i am here to help you become an empowered eater I'm dishing out nutrition fun with a side of science as we learn how to let go of guilt and that all or nothing mentality. I am in your corner cheering you on because I know you have this inner awesome and we just need to fuel it right. We need to fuel it with the right food, the right mental thoughts, the right relationships. I'm here to fuel your awesome with the nutrition info that supports you, empowers you, mental strength training, and confidence that radiates regardless of your body shape. You know you hold an inner awesome and I know you know this because you're here. You downloaded this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in. So if you're ready to be the healthiest version of yourself, here we go. Food freedom means food is just food, and you can channel that energy you used to use to obsess about food in your body. Now we take that energy and we can channel it towards serving your purpose, your family, your work, your inner awesome. It's so crazy how there's this ripple effect when we allow ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Our family feels it, our work feels it, girls, the world needs it. I'm stoked to be in your corner. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at JustBrownRD or check out all my resources, JustBrownRD.com. All right, Superwoman, are you ready to channel that inner awesome? We're going to take it up to the next level. Let's dive into today's show. What's up, Kim? Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jazz. Glad to be here. It's been a while since you and I have gotten to like sit down and t- just talk about all the things going on in our brains 
I know. I know. It's weird. If there seems to be so many things going on in my brain all the time, but then having a normal conversation with you kind of seems weird because it's not action-oriented. <laughs> you, you are my work wife for a reason. <laughs> Guys, we work really well together. Kim and I, how long have we been working together? I don't know. It's had to have been seven years. But it feels like forever. Forever. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, you know how I work. You know my style. You know how I take my coffee. You know, it's like, <laughs> you are truly my work wife. And we are here to talk about work things and really these fun topics of like mental resiliency and mental toughness. I'm so excited. Every time you come on, we talk about um, new tools that people can take away to just to develop their mental resiliency. And this week's topic is enjoy the plateau. <laughs> which like I feel like needs to be followed with wah 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 well and that's part of it right is this is me and and I'm here talking about the plateau which is very hypocritical in the sense that I'm not a plateau kind of person I am very much a go-getter I'm very much an obsessive but I understand the benefit of the plateau and I need people like you Jess to, to remind me of that to slow down <laughs> to have normal conversations to not always be going after what you really really want well and I think even like hearing you say that you know I'm like oh yeah I can help people but I also struggle with this because I think sometimes we equate not doing more better faster as not growing or not not successful right we forget that there is actually success in the plateau or there's things that can be learned when we're not accomplishing those goals and whatever those goals are whether they're at work whether they're with your health with weight loss with weight gain with sports performance whatever it is like it can feel like we're not doing something when we're not accomplishing things. And just as much as you need that, I need that too. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the bizarre part of the plateau. And the reason I appreciate it, even though it's really hard for me, is because people often exist where they're not having any motivation to do anything. They're not wanting to take those first steps. Or they have this part that we're talking about where they're go, 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 where they actually miss out on the entire process. So the plateau is about taking a breath, stepping back, learning from resting. And they talk about in applied sports psychology is that you grow and strengthen the most during your recovery time or your rest time than you do in your action time. And I think that's true for every aspect of our life. That's our self-reflection time. Yeah, like that's, they always say like fitness adaptations happen after the workouts, right? They don't happen in the workout. And so you're saying this sports psychology, this can be applied to like psychology as well. Yeah. And even thinking back about what we just talked about is we don't always need to be like, go, go, go towards our goals and what we want. It sounds crazy because that's how you get what you want is working mm -hmm. towards it. But there's a balance. Like if you at the end of the day have everything you want, but you've never stopped to slow down to enjoy the process of getting there, then it's not going to be worth what you thought it was in the beginning. And they usually talk about that with success. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I think I was probably 28 before I realized, like, I don't, I never celebrated any accomplishments. It was like I graduated college. My first degree, I didn't even go to the graduation. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And then I got another degree, and I think, I don't think I walked on the second degree either. I was just mm. like, oh, I'm done with that one. Now I want to go to my internship mm -hmm. because now mm -hmm. that's what's next. I'm still not a dietitian. Mm -hmm. I finally walked when I got my master's degree. Because I was like, maybe I should celebrate something. But I was getting, I think I was 28. Yeah, <laughs> I was. But yeah, I realized I was never celebrating. And to your point, it's like I was missing the whole journey because I was so focused on, okay, check that box, what's next? 
Yeah, so you would really classify as the obsessive. And a lot when I talk about Ooh, the... That sounds the, so scary. <laughs> well, it is. And I'm the obsessive too. And I, I own it, but I own it with this like cringe of I don't necessarily like that part about myself because the obsessive is constantly go, 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 never satisfied. It's never enough. But then ultimately it leads to you being very dissatisfied with your life in general. Mm. And talking about success and reaching your goals is if you are the obsessive, you're never going to be satisfied with whatever level of success you have. And this really stems from George Leonard's book, Mastery, which is a must read for anybody who's interested in like improving just their quality of performance or their mental engagement, because this really talks about, okay, slow down, enjoy the plateau. This is your time to rest, breathe, and take a little bit of an inventory about what you have in your life so that you can make a decision about what that next step is. Because maybe you didn't want that other degree or maybe you didn't want that other thing. Not saying that that's true about you, Jess. But <laughs> I think just, I lucked <laughs> out. But I'm sure there have been instances where if I would have paused, I probably would have taken a different course of action because I would have actually thought about the end game, you know? Yeah, and that's our building blocks, right? If we have that moment to just take a breath and say, okay, this is what I've done. It's awesome. Let me celebrate. But then we can also say, all right, I'm looking forward to the future and this is what I want. We then know what steps we need to take rather than rushing into it Mm -hmm. and getting injured or doing things that maybe are not in alignment with our values or making decisions that are ultimately going to lead us to a career, a relationship, a path that's not really what we want. I could definitely see how that would play out. So you said we're the obsessive types. Are there other types? Yeah, so the other ones, and they're all outlined in the book. The very famous one is the dabbler, which I think this happens a lot with people in therapy and in recovery, is that they want to work on all these different things all at once. And the dabbler is like, I can be so good at this thing, and then I move on to this thing, and then I move on to this thing. And really, mastery is about refining it into you as a whole person rather than just separating it into these achievements. I love that because that's making me think of people's food journey. Like people dabble in all these different diets, right? And like we talk about empowered eating here and it takes work. And a lot of times people are, are, I want to say like turned off by the work it would probably take. And I don't think it takes that much work. I think it's a different kind of work. Yeah, It's not like this here's the three tactical tips that you take this week, right, to become an empowered eater. Like, where keto, it's like cut out all your carbs. It's very mm-hmm. black and white. Mm-hmm. So the, I just hearing you talk about the dabbler makes me think of people with, like, diet culture mentality and dabbling in all the diets but not really learning how to fuel their body. Oh, for sure. And then that goes into, like, the obsessive, right? I even know my personality type is like, just tell me exactly what to do and I will do it for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be exactly what I do until I find another plan because I like that structure. Mm-hmm. But what George Leonard really talks about is like that's not where success really comes from. Success comes from taking a step back, being mindful, um, using your tools, like you said, <laughs> that you already have so that you can then look at your resources. And that even includes people on your team. So being accountable to your goals and to other people that can guide you when you don't necessarily know which step to take. I like that a lot. So, okay, so we've got the obsessive type and then we've got the, what do you call it, the, the dabbler? The dabbler. Are there any others? 
Yeah, so then you have the hacker. And the hacker that Leonard describes is the person who pretends to be really good at something but never actually shows up, never actually has any success at it. Um, And so this reminds me even what you just said with keto or these other diets is these are the people that will give you advice on like, oh, yeah, this works perfectly and this is awesome and this is the thing that you need to do. But they've never actually found food freedom. They've never actually had a balance in their life with their body or their relationship with food. This is the person that is all talk and no action. Mm. This is our natural tendencies is some of us maybe lack some of that self-esteem to trust others to guide us towards what's actually going to help us reach our goals. Okay, so all these different types, if we identify it, is the idea then that that helps us learn how to enjoy the plateau? Like it helps us see our little personality quirks and how it might be working against us instead of helping us? Yeah, and we have to know who we are first, right? When we start any kind of journey, we have to know what aspects of ourselves are going to show up that we don't necessarily like. So as the obsessive, I need somebody in my corner that's like, okay, slow down. You don't need to be doing this. You don't always need the next goal. Um, And that's really my husband most of the time. And even talking about the plateau in this conversation, he's like, no, that is not you. You don't enjoy the plateau. So you need somebody to give you a reality check regardless of your position because it's really hard. Those are our comfort zones. That's so funny you say that. My husband's the exact same way. Like, I am a goal setter every year. I've got, you know, 900 goals and broken down by the month and reevaluating them every month. And I'll sit down with him and I'll say, babe, what are your New Year's resolutions? And he's like, you know me and you're still asking me this question. Like, he's so irritated. But I think, and it's funny because his brain just doesn't work that way. And he is like a plateau man. Like, Mm -hmm. he jams in the plateau, Mm -hmm. which is funny that, you know, I think this is good we're together because he's... He does the same for me where he's like, babe, why can't you just chill out and enjoy like some of the hard work you've put in these last few months and you're in a really good spot or, mm-hmm. you know, like you just finished running a marathon. Do you mm-hmm. really need to pick up and do more? Or why mm-hmm. can't you just do some yoga and chill for a while? <laughs> well, so that that balance is really important. So I'm glad you said that just as a, like there are people who love the plateau, like life is just easy. They don't really have any goals. They don't really want to achieve anything else. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we want mastery, if we want success, we recover in the plateau. We grow in the plateau and then we move forward. It's really just our breathing time so we can take that next step and ultimately leading to the life you really want to live. Otherwise, we get stuck living on a plateau, which was well, so yeah, you can't get own. stuck in either place, right? No. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. So, okay, how do we enjoy this freaking plateau, which is so hard to do? Like, we both clearly struggle with it. We have to go to our significant others to, like, boost us up while we're in there. So how can we actually find rest and peace and, beyond that, growth in these, like, in-between periods? So a lot of this roots back to mindfulness. So I've been saying it a lot is like breathe, just slow down, take a breath, take inventory of what you have going on, and then allow yourself to just stay for a while. So this is really speaking to the obsessives. Um, for the people that are the hackers is off, being honest with yourself of saying, these things worked for me and these things didn't because that's what we're doing at the plateau. We're evaluating. So if anybody is at that point, it's slow down, being mindful of what is going on in your life so that you can decide, okay, do I want to take a next step? Am I ready for a next step? Rather than jumping to it. And then I already mentioned it with you, Jess, and with my husband, is I also need somebody to be accountable to to that next step. So you gave the example of your husband being a plateau guy, which is, is pretty cool. He could teach us some tricks. But also, he probably needs you to say, 
this summer we're camping 10 times more and we're going to make it happen this way. And he could probably take action if he has some more direction around those things. Totally. Yeah. We definitely do a good balance with each other. Okay. So you're saying breathing first, which is like basic mindfulness 101, right? Just like taking a breath, being present and then evaluating and pulling the mindfulness piece in a little more is like evaluating without judgment, more so curiosity. Like you said, what worked, what didn't work? You know, where can I grow? And then the accountability piece, like maybe it is your spouse or maybe I know a lot of people that like the two spouses are both go getters. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I can think of a few couples right now where I just want to like grab them and even me being a go getter, I want to grab them and say like, Oh, take a breath. Like Mm -hmm. you have worked so hard. You've done so much. Like you enjoy to just chill, but they, they don't know how to just mm-hmm. pause. So mm-hmm. the accountability, whether it's in your spouse or maybe it needs to be someone outside of your home with a different personality type. And you know what's funny when we're, ta- when we're saying this? I'm kind of thinking this through. Like you're probably not going to be super drawn to that person initially. No, you're going to hate it. And <laughs> yeah. it, you're saying this and I'm thinking like, yeah, this is what we do in therapy. Is like somebody, my first couple of sessions with them, I'm like, okay, tell me about you. Like, what's going on? And they're like, wait, what? Like, you're supposed to tell me what to do. And I'm like, uh, no, that's not how this works. You tell me what's going on. And then we look at like, from a non-judgment stance, we look at where do you want to go? What do you want to change? What do you want to do? Um, and you can't really do that if you're go, 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 because you're not slowing down enough to actually make that assessment. And that's what therapy forces you to do, right? One hour of sitting there talking about where you're at in your life. Well, it's one hour of space, which we yeah. usually don't give ourselves is that mental space. And that's why I like running because that is mm-hmm. my mental space. I always say like, you're my therapist, <laughs> whether you <laughs> sign up for that or not. <laughs> but running is my other therapist mm-hmm. because I don't have my phone in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, not, it's space. And I, I like that idea of um, just creating that either with you, like in a session or sitting down with someone who has a different personality type and can give a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we can practice some mindfulness. We can evaluate in journaling. And I like that because as the obsessive one, like I still need something to do, right? It's really hard for me to just sit and be. So, and I've gotten better at it. I've had to work on it, but I have gotten better at it. Camping helps. (laughs) Um, But I'm thinking like, okay, if I am in this season where maybe I'm not chasing big goals or I'm not really quite sure what's next, like getting a journal Mm -hmm. and just spending some time exploring. But that's still a task, right? So it can keep me engaged without me feeling like I'm just wasting time, which I think a lot of people who are more on the obsessive type feel is like, well, if I'm not doing something, I'm wasting Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So I think journaling is a great thing. And I admittedly, I love my planner. I love my journal. I love to be able to write down everything on post-it notes everywhere in my entire life. However, I also think that there's just space and just regular mindfulness, Mm -hmm. like laying in bed before you fall asleep of just thinking, okay, so I keep setting these goals and I'm not doing them. What's the reason behind that? And I'm very big on that is I set goals all week long about what I'm going to do on the weekend. And then the weekend comes and I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I know after some self-reflection, it's because that's my free time. That's my me time. That's not my goal time. But in order to reach mastery is we have to figure that out so we can divvy it up a little bit to avoid burnout throughout the week. Yeah. And if you're so hooked on go, 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 you never would have realized you needed that space. Exactly. You know, what's so funny. So um, a lot of the clients I'm working with right now, like we, we have this tracking sheet where we, we track like their food and then we have some like behavioral components to mm-hmm. it too. But one of the thing we tend to add is like five minutes peace. Mm-hmm. And literally it's five minutes. And I cannot tell you how many women, and I was one of those at one time, can't sit 
for five minutes. Like we cannot just be, it's like, we'll, we'll start for a minute. And they're like, Oh my gosh, there's dishes in the sink or, <laughs> Oh my gosh, like I should, I need to get up and do some laundry. You know, it's like our brains are always taking. So I think even though it's like, Oh yeah, let's just practice some mindfulness. It sounds really easy, but it's, it is actually quite challenging. Um, one of the books I just read stillness is the key. So good. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds like similar to the mastery book, but the author was talking about how um, being present is actually the most difficult thing we could ask of ourselves. Yeah, and I have some advantages in that of sitting opposite from people who are really working on that. It's helped me find like my own peace. And we even joke about it in like group sessions of, I love the silence. And they'll say like, you're so comfortable in it. And I'm like, it's so rewarding. And I think part of that for me as the obsessive is I know that's where people grow and I know that's where it's challenging like their rough edges and that helps me to do while I'm not doing. So I can find a lot of peace in those silent moments and I think if people allow it for themselves, it's amazing how much we can grow of just some self-reflection. I'm even thinking of, you know, being with, going out for coffee with a friend and not feeling the need to fill the space so much. I'm thinking of like, you know, doing that and how that even creates opportunity for more connection because people have time to think about what they're saying and actually process what you said. Yeah. So just creating space for silence. I love that. Yeah. Space for being, space for silence. Space for observing, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying connection is we are so busy either stuck and not making movement or so busy go, go, go that we're not observing what's actually happening in the process, like I mentioned earlier. And that observing is very key. And that's what we need to be for ourselves as our natural observers. We can just say, this is what's going on for me and this is how I feel about it. That's so good. So this whole conversation is actually making me feel more comfortable with the word plateau. Like when we started, I was all, can we just rename it? Can we call it something different than the plateau? Because just that word... I feel like I have like the word failure associated with it. But as we're talking through this, I'm going, well, maybe not. Like there's actually a lot of power in just being and being okay and confident enough, right? In yourself to just be and not need to be doing all the time. I'm feeling, I'm feeling more okay with it. Good, good. (laughs) Well, you can always compare this too, to like elite athletes or anybody who is an elite in any profession that they do is that the plateau is always uncomfortable because most of the time these elite performers want to achieve. Mm. And the plateau is the challenge of saying, okay, you need to learn what the next step is. Like you can't see what that next step is until you slow down and try to figure it out. And so rushing yourself off that plateau, as uncomfortable as it is, usually leads to injury. Like I said, burnout. You can start to feel more like a failure because you're never going to get to achieve what you really want. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Can you think of a time you were in a plateau? Yes. A lot. (laughs) I think really, and you know this for me, is having my master's degree and being a therapist was one thing. I loved it. It was awesome. But then not having school and not having anything extra, I was really feeling unfulfilled. And it's not that my job wasn't satisfying. It was just feeling like there was this other thing that was pulling at me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a plateau moment. And I think the decision I ultimately made to go for another master's degree was really rewarding to me. But I do think I could have had a buffer time in there or even a buffer time again with the school stuff. But 
to allow myself to say, okay, like this is where I'm at, this is what I wanna do, and to be able to actually share with people what goes on in my head around these things because that's where I feel like I enjoy my job the most is when I actually get to talk about it and share about it. That's really cool. So yeah, because you took that break and you got your second master's and then went on to get your PhD. So are you saying if you would have had more of a buffer space, you probably would have just gone to get your PhD? Um, I don't know if I would have just gone to go get my PhD because my master's in applied sports psychology, I feel like was the initial roots to everything. Mm. I actually think I probably would have done that first and then gone into the counseling field Mm. because that's really what spoke to me all along. But I think I would have taken a break from applied sports psychology to this doctorate program because jumping from one thing to another, it's like taking some of the like robust energy that I had away from it. So there's all these things that like boil in my head about sports psychology and success in general. So when I say sports psychology, it's not just athletes. It's anybody who wants to be successful about anything in their life. And it took that like power to share that away because my brain was already on to the next thing, speaking to my obsessive part. It's like I didn't <laughs> yeah. even get to slow down to enjoy it. Well, I know you're not alone. I've definitely been in several plateaus. And like I think my longest lasting plateau was right before I had my first son I was up for a promotion at work and it was a job I really, really wanted. It was going to be like my first big one. Right. And I ended up not getting it. Mm. And I remember I, I was, had my baby. I ended up cutting my hours. I left my private practice. And so I was just in this place where I had gone from like, I was climbing the ladder and, you know, working 1.5 jobs to, I was working 15 to 20 hours and a mom now. So a whole new role. And I know there's a lot of work in, in that, but it was a huge shift. And I felt like that was a career-wise a major plateau and looking back like one of my only regrets with that is like I wish I would have just enjoyed that because I would I had this gift of like the new baby and no added responsibility right I I could have just been I could have been more present and so yeah yeah this idea of enjoying the plateau I'm warming up to it so to anyone in the plateau right now what is your advice to them besides being mindful besides like because you know when you're in it you it's hard to get comfortable So what would you say to that person, or maybe you in a former plateau, what would you say to them to help them feel more comfortable and get the most out of that plateau? Well, I think it speaks to what you just shared and kind of even what you've taken from that time in your life, Jess, is to enjoy the moment. I think if you are rushing to the next part or you're really struggling at that plateau, we take for granted how much we're growing because you just shared that story about you in that time period. And I was thinking as you were speaking about how that probably has fueled you in having more work-life balance now is we even joked on the phone this morning. I was like, how do you do that? How do you get to go snowboarding and how do you get to go on these trips and how do you get to do these things? Because as somebody who hasn't allowed themselves work-wise to take that plateau and take that break, that's something that I really admire and I envy. And so I think it's about enjoying where you're at regardless of where, where you are on that plateau or in success is being able to just value what's going on in the present moment. You're not going to wish yourself into another level. You're not going to just think yourself into extreme success. You actually have to be able to pause Like I said, take inventory, maybe practice some gratitude about what you have going on, and then look at somebody else to maybe help you be accountable to make that next step. And that really helps you choose who that person's going to be, right? Is could be your husband if he's that person, but maybe you need somebody else. If you feel stuck on that plateau for a really long time, maybe you need somebody else to be accountable to that's going to help you reach your goals. 
So good. Well, I know you have helped me stay accountable to a lot of <laughs> a lot of these things because um, one thing I know you're really good about, Kim, is when I bring a situation, it's like you feel all the feelings with me. You validate, you know, my frustrations or whatever it is, and then help me find where it's actually beneficial at that moment in time. So you're really gifted at that. And guys, I'll have all of Kim's information in the show notes. So if you guys want to connect with her, uh, maybe you want her to be that accountability person. So that will be there for you guys. I have to share this quote with you. Kim, when you sent me all the notes, this quote I found when I was 28, when I finally feel like the switch to be a little bit more mindful and present in the moment was turned on. It was this quote that was a game changer for me. It's from Alfred Sousa. He's a writer and philosopher. And it says, for a long time, it seemed to me that life was about to begin, real life. But there was always some obstacle in the way, something to be gotten through first, some unfinished business, some time still to be served, a debt to be paid. Then life would begin. At last, it dawned on me that these obstacles, they were my life. And I just love that because I think it captures exactly what you're talking about here. It's like, we do have these obstacles. We do have things going on, but we have to stay present no matter whether we're chasing big mountains or we're just kind of walking a flat trail right now. So there's enjoyment in both parts and the plateau is part of life. So we really got to enjoy it. So good. So good. Thanks for being here today, Kim. As always, you're so full of wisdom and I'm just really grateful for you coming on today. Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.